This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town Hey there, hello and welcome. Yes, we are live. That's right, this is a live show coming at you absolutely 100% live. I don't know how that's technically possible, but it's happening. Thank you and welcome. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 83, where I'm covering the Wednesday New Comic Book Day, November 30th. And let me tell you, this particular show is a positively charged comic book review podcast of epic proportions. That's right. I'm going to claim that right now. I am your humble and heartfelt host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much from the deep down inside my innards for joining us here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where I give you a short but amazing list of comic books, I call them the great ones, to buy and read every single week. So if you're new to comics and you're like, what do I get? This is the podcast for you. Or if you've been reading comics for a millennia, like myself, and you just want someone to help you to say, these are what are great, then that's what this podcast is for. So thank you so much for joining us. And I tell you, please help us out if you can. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, at Sunspots Comics. We would greatly appreciate that. Check us out on also YouTube. It's just uh, not much there to look at, but there will be very soon. YouTube.com slash Tophelat, T-O-P-H-E-E-L-A-T. And a couple of quick thank yous, of course, to my buddy, Nick Papadopoulos, for making our fantastic Sunspots Comics theme song. It's just so positive and happy and makes me feel good every time I hear it. And please follow him on Facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. He's got his own single called Power Within You, and he's got a brand new album with his band Solution. It is good stuff. Just go to iTunes, just search Nicholas Dell or search Solution, and you'll find his stuff. If you like reggae rock infused with ska and just good energy-feeling type rock reggae-style island music, this is for you. It's good stuff. Also, thank you to my son, Jables Latori, for his work on our Sunspots Comics blog. It's fantastic. It's at blog.sunspotscomics.com, and follow him on his gram of Insta, it's at Just Sunspots. Thank you again, Justin, for doing that. Check out his latest blog. It is very detailed on his review of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Doctor Strange movie. Good job, Jables. I really like it myself. And I agree with you, which is, uh, you know, with movies, that's sometimes hard to do. Everybody uh, is on different sides of the fence, right? Well, him and I definitely see eye to eye on 
on Doctor Strange, so go see it immediately. Uh, we couldn't uh, recommend that any higher, as they say, right? That's just a weird phrase, but oh well. Well, anyway, let's jump right into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 83, with some things floating around up inside of my nerd lobes. That's right, just random nerd stuff that's just in there. Right off the bat, I have to give Leica Studios... Uh, the new movie Kubo, I tell you, I like this so much, I love it. <laughs> it's from the uh, studio house of the puppet-style stop animation films like Coraline and Paranorman. Kubo and, and the Two Strings is this this ode to Japanese, ode the, the olden days of samurai. And this is beautifully done. The th- I bought it in 3D and it's gorgeous. It just has that non-gimmicky 3D style of, of adding a ton of depth into the epic landscape. Gorgeous, beautiful, simplistic style, clean Japanese landscape. And this is a heartfelt, heartwarming, epic sort of uh, road trip kind of adventure that has sort of magic and mysticism and witches and monsters mixed into it. And I absolutely loved it. I gave it five out of five sunspots. And I tell you, I gave it the full five out of five also because of the amount of extra feature content. There is a fantastic documentary in here that's... I wanted more of it, which is very rare. Sometimes when you're watching special features on a Blu-ray, you're like, okay, let's wrap this up. But it was so so well done. Like Leica Studios for Kubo, they had to really step outside their comfort zone and make a lot of puppetry that was just giant sized and some of these gorgeous uh, puppetry style landscapes that they create I, I hope one day that they put them in a museum because they've they are a lot bigger in scale than you think they're like a one-eighth scale and some of them are giant and so just the intricate amount of details like the the consultant the Japanese consultant that they had uh, on staff to just make sure that the authenticity of every sort of scene and every piece of cloth and every time that a Japanese letter is written was accurate and authentic just gave it that something extra and believability and it really just immersed me in this world and Leica Studios just keeps getting better and better in my opinion so buy Kubo it is just a buy five out of five sunspots from me I, I personally recommend it Next thing on my nerd brain is the Image Plus magazine. Issue number eight just came out. And this has a ton of articles about up-and-coming Image comics. My personal favorite, to get right to the good stuff, is this comic coming out February 22nd called The Old Guard. And The Old Guard is written by Greg Rucka. And the art is from this artist, uh, Leandro Fernandez, who did The Discipline. He's also done Deadpool and Punisher. But The Discipline is his most recent work. And it's something different, let me tell you. It's dark, it's twisty, but it's very hyper-realistic. He does a lot of super zooms on facial expressions. And this just seems to have a this military group of people that uh, for some reason can't die. They are potentially immortal. And they carry around some unique sort of swords and axes, yet they're this top-level elite group of military that are on special missions to do various things. And it just has this absolutely cinematic feel to it. You could tell that this is definitely something that's going to be a movie, a TV show, a Netflix special, a whatever you want to call it. 
Um, I really dig the coloring of it. It's very dark, a lot of dark purples and silhouetting that's done here, but Old Guard is really looking good, and it's uh, definitely highlighted in this issue of Image Plus Magazine. Also, there's just this lovely full, you know, probably 11 by 17, which is what the magazine is when you lay it out in double splash form. In the center where the, uh, in the dead center of this magazine is a just kind of beautiful mini poster. It's done by Meredith McClure for her comic called Hinges. And this is uh, the, sort of looks like the cover of the book three titled Mechanical Men. And it's gorgeous. It's very anime sort of style in the eyes, but uh, there's just like this fire behind this woman and her, the look on her face is, uh, is chilling. So definitely a very cool, I can see, definitely see this in a frame. And it's beautiful. And Image Plus Magazine is a home run, folks. If you haven't grabbed it, go get it. They're now selling them separately from the gigantic uh, diamond uh, book that comes out, the previews, which is huge. And you have to buy it just to get it. Now you can buy this Image Plus Magazine separate for two bucks. It's an easy, simple buy. And if you miss magazines and you want something that's, uh, you know, that's nerd loving and really talking all about image comics, there's even, they always highlight, like, Good stores, good comic book shops, LCSs, and they even have just some things that they've released in the past that kind of reminding you of what's really good and what's out there. So get Image Plus Magazine. It is good stuff. Tons of good things in there. And next up on uh, just what things inside my brain still is the Comics Art Los Angeles. And uh, you can check them out at comicsartsla.com. And it was just this weekend, it was free, it was open to the public, it was in the Think Tank Gallery, and it was an exhibition or a sort of mini, mini, mini con for a bunch of artists and writers that definitely are in the the independent, very sort of quirky, very, um, very sort of, almost all, I would say the overall theme was very much sort of designed for a younger audience. But it's a very in, unique looking art, individual style, unique stories, a lot of different sizes and shapes of comics. From really small, weird fold-out comics to giant 20 by 30 sized comics. So this is definitely the alternative realm of comics. Uh, was definitely on display at the Comics Art LA and Think Gallery. And uh, I tell you... I really enjoyed it. I brought my wife and my brother-in-law and his wife and uh, my nieces and nephews. And they even saw this this author, Hope Larson. She's actually did the... Uh, she was part of the 75th anniversary of Wonder Woman by DC Comics. The, uh, the $8 issue that I initially passed on. But she was there and she signed it. And it was like an alternate cover of Wonder Woman. And so I'm going to definitely be reviewing this soon. But it was 8 bucks. She was only charging 8 bucks, and she signed it. But Hope Larson, you can check her out on her website, which is hopelarson.com. And she wrote this book that my nephew Christian was required to read, and it was a graphic novel called A Wrinkle in Time. She actually adapted it and illustrated it from this, uh, from this French author. And he really enjoyed it. And to see Hope there, he was a little starstruck, and he was kind of nervous, and it was adorable. And she was super nice, and she took pictures with all of us, and she signed everything. And I definitely want to check out A Wrinkle in Time. It's It, it looks interesting. It has some uh, sort of uh, social themes and religious themes. And it's kind of like, uh, it just seems very compelling and emotional. And I'm definitely going to check out A Wrinkle in Time. But she did one of those short stories in Wonder Woman, that uh, 75th anniversary, that, that single shot. So I'm going to be checking that out. So Hope Larson, very good. Again, she's at hopelarson.com. 
And I also got a comic here called Creatures or Capture Creatures. And this was uh, by uh, written by Frank Gibson and illustrated by Becky Dresdat. And they were both there and they were super nice. And I told them I'd give them a shout out on the podcast. And I picked up their sort of adventure time, kind of very all ages, very colorful, uh, epic adventure kind of style with a lot of family and comedy and, and slapstick kid style adventure. And I'm really loving the color and the look of it. And she did a little doodle on the cover and they both autographed it. And that was very, very cool. So uh, you can check out their work. They actually have a major publisher with Kaboom. And it's called Capture Creature. So check it out. I'm going to be reading it. I'll probably talk about it. Or even potentially it'll make it onto the list maybe next podcast. But very, very cool. And the next thing I bought from the Comics Art LA was this comic called Pope Hats. And this is written and drawn by Ethan Rilly. And... This has a Archie feel. It's a black and white comic. It also feels a little bit like uh, the uh, Terry Moore's work with the uh, Strangers in Paradise. It has that sort of feel and sort of Archie and it's black and white and it looks like a, a definite sort of relationship-based comic. And this is award-winning. I saw that uh, this had uh, was sort of difficult to get. I was looking at their uh, his site and... They had to go into uh, second and third and fourth print, but he's this author, cartoonist, illustrator from Toronto, and he is this award-winning comic called Pope Hats is reprinted, and I was glad that I was able to get a copy of it, and uh, and it was nice to meet him and shake his hand, and he was he was definitely kind of quirky and shy, and but you can check out his hi- his site at PopeHats.ca. Definitely alternative, definitely in that Archie vein. And uh, like I said, Strangers in Paradise, but I really, really dug it. And the last thing I I grabbed there at Comics Art LA, which by the way, I have to mention, they had a cool, just sort of bunch of walls with large white pieces of paper and just a ton of like from crayons and ink pens and and lead pencils and colored pencils just on the floor so people could draw little doodles. And I took a picture of it. I'll post it here very soon. But it was just very cool. And like I said, very independent and quirky and, and just this... The energy there was something unique, and I and I couldn't help but stop and think and look around that about 10 or so years ago, there was a lot less of this. There was still some of it, but it was very hard to find, but it seems like in the area of, of quirky, unique, independent sort of individual style stories that are really uh, passion projects is definitely on the rise. There's definitely a community for it, and it's growing, and it's passionate, and it just was filled with this positive energy that I really liked. But the last word thing that I sort of grabbed was this deck of cards. It was a weird little deck of card where every single character is is different on each and every single card. They're like frog-like sort of monsters, but very soft and very appealing to the eye and and very sort of rounded edges that are kind of adorable and cute and very super colorful. But he had it displayed on this this sort of ballast there and just all the way to the ceiling. And they really caught my eye, and it was just a neat little weird, quirky deck of cards. And it was made by, uh, it's called Friends Deck by Even Dom, D-A-H-M. You can check out his site at rice-boy.com. And he has a ton of uh, OGNs that he's drawn and written. And his work looks very unique and interesting, a little on that anime style, but 
colorful and beautiful. It reminds me of Bone in a way. So this really grabbed my attention. And I tell you, there were about 25 artists there. So I, these things that I mentioned here are the ones that I really gravitated to and they really caught my eye and they were super appealing to look at. So check out all the websites I just listed. And again, he's uh, Ethan, even Dom, uh, which he did the deck of cards, Friends deck, and does a bunch of comic called Rice Boy, but it's rice-boy.com. So very, very cool. Just so colorful and pleasing to the eye, these little monsters. And the last thing on my nerd brain is I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And I'm doing the writing and coloring and lettering and my friend Jordan, uh, Jordan Hudson is doing his amazing art. It's beautiful and each page that he I get from him, I'm just continually pleased and surprised. So thank you so much, Jordan. Please check out his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art's beautiful. And I also have the website zombiedestroyers.com. So we've posted some samples there of pages one through four of, of the comic book Zombie Destroyers. So please check out our site, Zombie Destroyers, from time to time and check out our comic book, which hopefully I'll be releasing sometime in early 2017. And just a quick update on the comic. He just finished page 16, uh, 17, 18, and 19 I've written and given to him. So he is working on those now and the penciling part of it. And I can't wait to get page 16. He's basically just about to mail it. So it's it's just gorgeous. This particular page talks more about our little furry friend in the comic named Digger, which I can't wait for the entire world to, to see Digger. He's just, uh, you're going to fall in love with him. Trust me. And next thing, I'd like to just sort of uh, mention a segment in our show called Spotlighting. And this is where, I don't have any submissions this week, but I just wanted to quickly mention it, that if you or someone that you know is an independent comic book creator, we want to shine some Sunspots Comics love and support to those struggling creators, like myself. I know it's hard to get your stuff out there, and we want to do what we can to help them get their comic books out there. So if you are a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letter, uh, just send me a link to your work. Send me a review copy to my email, which is chris at sunspotscomics.com. Or, of course, just message me on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc., at Sunspots Comics. So I definitely want to do what I can to support the independent realm of comic books and uh, do my part. So that's just a quick mention of the spotlighting segment. And so now, without further ado, let's get right into my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books that came out from Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, November 30th. There's still time. Go out to your local comic book shop and get these. By the way, spoilerish alert. You don't really have to worry. I don't totally spoil everything. I leave the last couple of pages alone. I'm definitely just trying to harness my powers of persuasion and inspire you to go out and buy these comic books because I buy a bunch of I, I buy a bunch of goods. I only talk about the greats right here so that the work is done. You can just go to your local comic book shops and get them. But just in case you're into absolutely zero spoils, there's a spoilerish alert for you there. But really, don't worry. And if you'd like to just see a recap, a cataloging, a simple list of everything that I've read since 2015 and all of my favorites, all of the great picks since May of 2015, just go right to our website, sunspotscomics.com. It's all there for you. Just click on pull list to see every single title I'm currently collecting, which is 127 titles. Huge, right? Scary. But trust me, they don't come out all the time. Thank goodness. Click on top comic books of the week to see every single past top pick that's there. I've just recently kind of updated the site, compacted it. I'm super proud of it. It's easy peasy. Check it out, sunspotscomics.com. 
And this week, I like to, well, every week, uh, this week's uh, art winner. I always pick an art winner and a cover art winner. It is one and the same person as Jorge Jimenez for his beautiful, iconic, just gives me the chills when I see it, uh, Superman Annual 1. I'm so happy that they gave him the entire annual. I mean, a lot of annuals are supposed to be packed with that extra punch, and they sometimes mix a ton of artists and do a lot of little short stories, which can be totally fine. They just gave the entire comic to Jorge Jimenez here, and it is beautiful, it is colorful, it is iconic, it is inspiring, it has given, finally, just given us a really good comic book in the area of Superman. I know I've been wanting it for a long time, I've, I've departed from Superman for a few years, and it's nice to have it back with these just great Americana, iconic beautiful drawings that Jorge Jimenez is doing and uh, just check him out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just Google him, Jorge Jimenez, artist. He's everywhere. His Instagram is gorgeous and beautiful and uh, he's a fantastic artist and he is, his cover is like, it's just like I keep saying iconic, I know, but it's it's got Swamp Thing on the cover. He's fighting Swamp Thing. Why is he fighting Swamp Thing? And it's just the the sun is there just lighting them up in this, this bright sort of animated cell-like coloring of it but it's very realistic and done in Jorge's style which is he, he definitely has this has Superman down in my opinion it's got this like I said Americana iconic look and it's gorgeous so it's it's simply easily hands down when I first saw it and I had the pile of comics this week the cover was the Im- immediate instant winner and as soon as I opened page one I was like wow wait till you see it folks uh, your eyes will just uh, they'll weep, then they'll be happy, and then they'll weep again, and then they'll just feel really good. And you want your eyes to do that, trust me. <laughs> but he easily the art winner and the art cover winner this week. And the breakdown. So here we go. This week I bought 10 comics. Kind of a light week. That's totally fine. Uh, it's kind of nice sometimes when the week prior, uh, podcast number 82, was 24 comics. So quite the step down, just a 10 this week, and four of them made it to the great favorite pick list, which is, you know, less than that 50%. That's where I want to be. I always uh, feel really good and like that I spent my money wisely when at least 50% of them are great. There were a ton of goods here, but four of them were absolutely great. So we're going to go uh, over that. Um, I'm sorry, five of them. <laughs> the five. Of them. It did hit the 50% mark. Yes. And so I will be going over five comics. And so, so at least half of them were uh, made the 50%, which is fantastic. And there were actually no new number ones this week. There were zero, which is interesting. But there will be like four next week. But zero new number ones because I always like to highlight them and point them out. And so here we go. These are my favorite comic book picks of the week for New Comic Book Day, November 30th. And coming in at number five is Spook House, issue number two. Spook House is... Primarily written by Eric Powell, but he has a, a team here of Steve Mannion, Stephanie Gladden, Thomas Gatt, and K. Michael Russell. They sort of share art duties and writing duties, uh, but they are prim- it's primarily written by Eric Powell. And this is from Albatross Comics, Albatross Funny Books, which I love the name of that publishing house. And right off the top, off the top of the book, it says, Scary Stories for Kids. This is definitely an all-ages, spooky, haunted house, sort of horror kind of comic but an of all age treatment. And if you're familiar with Eric Powell's work though, he writes a ton of comedy into his comics and this is filled with that. It's definitely infused with Eric Powell's weird sense of humor, which is totally good. I'm so glad. I love it. So 
this uh, first sequence, it's like four short stories. And the first sequence is called The Troll and Mrs. Snargart. And this is written by Eric Powell, pencils by Steve Mannion. And even uh, Eric Powell did the inks on this. And this little story is is just so cute and adorable. It's these kids that are in, in a classroom environment. They're like an elementary, elementary school. And this teacher that is uh, their, their teacher in this class is like this horrendous, monstrous-looking troll of a lady. It's crazy. And she has these old-style 50s glasses. The, the, they're like pink and pointy at the edges. She just looks like an absolute monster. And this young man is talking about his grandfather who uh, has... He has seen monsters, and it's like his day to stand up in front of the class and tell and share a story that had, that's important to him. And he's talking about his grandfather that was thrown into a quote-unquote loony bin, <laughs> and this monstrous teacher gives him an F in class because she feels that his stories are made up and make-believe, and then his the spirit of his grandfather appears from his, his book that he's written, this Monsters of the World book from his grandfather. And it's just adorable, and his grandfather tells him, oh, I can show you how to let your teacher know that everything I'm seeing is real. Get a bucket of Hot Pockets <laughs> and go over to this particular swamp, and we'll have a troll follow you back to class. And that's exactly what happens. So it's just like uh, the troll comes to class and intimidates the teacher, and then at one point the uh, the monstrous woman says that he gets an A plus, of course. But it's just it's just fun. It's slapstick. It's kid like humor, uh, and it's it's just it's heartwarming. It has that uh, that 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 spooky monstrous feel. And I love the ads that Eric Powell is stuck in here. It is very much an homage to the golden age of comics, where you used to send away for weird things. And he has this ad right after the first sequence. That says, 12-part voodoo training course. Learn to hex your friends from home. Money-back guarantee. Send your money only $14.25 to Voodoo Education, Inc. Enroll me today. And it's just like done in a realistic manner. It looks like you could cut this little, this the, the cut it out like you used to in the golden age of comics. And write your name and address and phone number. But there's nowhere to send it to. So, But, but from first glance, you're like, wow, is this real? It does say $14. And then you're looking for an address and it's not there. But... It's done in that old parchment style, and it's creepy with his skull, and he, it's filled with that. But it is just an absolute ton of fun. It's it, the third sequence is my favorite. Uh, it's called. <laughs> it's the shortest of the sequences, and if you like the Lost Boys, you'll love this. It's just kind of an ad slash little sequence, and it's hilarious. It's called the Found Boys, <laughs> and this guy just. I know I'm gonna kind of spoil it, but. It's hilarious to see it because of the expression on the faces, but uh, uh, we have to read the Found Boys, and it's and there's another couple of those ads. There's like this darling pet rat. It's just hilarious, but uh, and the last sequence is definitely on the higher end of the creepy side because there's these like cockroach monsters coming after these kids, and uh, but it still has a, a a cute sort of ending and happy sort of feel to it. But these cockroach men, drawn by Eric Powell, definitely. The creepy factor is up, and but it's my favorite part of it is the last sequence. But they're all really good. I don't know how long this is going. There really isn't any two of six. But Spook House, if you're looking for something just to give to your kid that really loves Halloween, and it, even though it's not Halloween, it just passed. Perfect. Or if you're just you're just a someone that just loves spooky haunted things and you miss Halloween, get this now. It just came out, which is great. I don't know why they sort of started a little earlier, so then they were like maybe you know in in a uh, September, October, etc., around the Halloween time, but doesn't matter because uh, 
you know, what they say, right? Halloween is every day. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Maybe if you're into that. But definitely check out Spook House, the number five pick of the week. And the number four is uh, from DC Comics, the Batman Annual number one. And this was definitely the week of annuals. There was not a ton of comics this week, and there were three annuals that made it to the top picks, and that's that's a first ever. And uh, and it's it's just so darn good. I tell you, the annual, this is done in short story format. It's primarily written by Tom King. The first sequence is by David Finch, which is this great story about this this Joker dog named Aces that's just out of control and is attacking people like crazy. But Batman and Alfred are hell-bent on training it and getting it to be, you know, just a, obedient and not kill people and not destroy people. But they just really want to give the dog some love and rehabilitate it. And it's just a, a compelling, warm story about about batman alfred and them trying to do and rehabilitate this dog it's it's fantastic and aces is wearing like this this joker kind of outfit and his you know it's a it's a dog outfit that says aces on it but i love the usage of passage of time here and how the dog seems to just be getting a little better at a time at each time and sort of when they show time is elapsed the dog is getting a little bit better and a little bit more domesticated but who doesn't love that, right? A story of a, a bat dog. So you have to check out that sequence. And the uh, second sequence is cool in that how they're sort of changing. I wonder if this is, I hope this has some continuity effect and it goes into the the DC world. But it's sort of digitizing the, the, the bat signal and into this sort of digital algorithm that uh, is synced into the city and sort of has this matrix-like look to it very reminiscent of the uh the batman series from uh with christian bale and and christopher nolan uh the the time that uh they're sitting in the the bat cave and it has that sort of repeating panel with a, a ton of sort of mini uh screens that overlap each other it has that matrix feel well they're they're sort of doing that in this and it's it's just well done of how they're sort of implementing this new bat signal and how it's snowing in Gotham and it's just, it's beautiful and iconic. The art is great and it switches and there's different artists in it, but it is absolutely lovely and it was fun and it, in no time did I feel like, wow, I just kind of wanted this to be over and I felt like I wasted my money, which is big, which is a big deal for annuals. I'm telling you, I don't normally even buy them, but the second segment is written by Paul Dini and it's, uh, it's Inks and Colors by Neil Adams. So that is kind of a special treat in itself. And him and Harley Quinn are sitting in a car and he's thinking about bringing her in, but it's the holidays. So it's sort of this sort of kind of Christmas edition of Batman and Harley Quinn. Their dialogue between the two of them is very smart, alecky, and fun. And she's trying to get Batman to sing. Does he sing? You'll have to read it yourself. But this other segment by Riley Rosmo, I just, I jumped right to it, but I knew his art right off the bat, and I don't even see his name on this page, but I know uh, they, the way they, they stick the names like towards the end, but Riley Rosmo has this definitely more of an image comic look and feel, and he's here in DC, it's just definitely something special, it's Steve Orlando on script, and it's called Stag, and this introduces a new villain, and again, I hope it's not just for this annual purposes, but it goes into the DC continuity. This character is gruesome looking. And they introduce this other billionaire that's continually giving to Gotham and is important and they want to shed some light on him. And uh, you have to tune in to see what happens. 
and they introduce this stag and she is like this, this seems very tall woman with these strange like bull horns on and this white ghostly makeup actually reminds me of the villain you know, the two witch sisters in Kubo as a matter of fact but has that very similar kind of haunting look but check out the Batman annual I tell you it was a winner I was really surprised that the annuals were so good and uh, a great uh, in a low week of comics it was nice to see that the annuals were top-notch and really good so coming up next uh, number three is the, uh, this is a, also a unique entry here, but I had to shed it, give it some love and shed some light upon it. And it's an OGN uh, from uh, art of writer Howard Shapiro. And this is uh, from Animal Media Group in Pittsburgh. It's called The Hockey Saint. And this is art by Mauricia Inoue. I'm sorry if I messed that name up. And art, um, color by Andres Mosa. And he's gathered a pretty uh, decent team here because the, uh, you have... Um, the illustrations from Mauricia Inui, she's done uh, like Superman and Deadpool. So is Andres Mosa, colorist uh, for her. So good team here. And uh, the cover is by Neil Gooch, and he's done uh, Batman and Judge Dredd. So uh, top-notch uh, art team here. And Mr. Shapiro, uh, which I've spoken about before, he's going to be on the podcast very soon, but he was nice enough to send me a copy of this. And I read it and almost the entire thing in one lunch hour and finished it up. Uh, at a break time at work and I'm a huge hockey fan I'm a huge comic book fan this deliciously brings the two together in such a profound way he's really captured the heart of hockey here if you're into that and he's also really captured storytelling in comic book format he even at the beginning of each chapter gives you reading um, recommendations like listening recommendations as you're reading it and he's a big uh, classic rock fan which so am I myself and he gives you the the pairing, if you will, the wine to go with the chapter, and they pair so well because just I don't know, classic rock and hockey just just go together. And if you're a hockey fan, you'll know that's true. But this reminded me a lot of my younger brother Bobby, who is an amazing hockey player, and it even this this character, uh, this uh, Jacobson character I call JJ, looks like my brother Bobby. But this is the story of a young college kid that's playing hockey who is lucky enough to de- befriend the most, uh, like like a modern-day Sidney Crosby. They don't use any actual uh, NHL or any hockey, professional hockey league. They sort of make up, the, he makes up his own in this. But it's, uh, it's like uh, this college kid befriends Sidney Crosby, who is this amazing hockey player, but doesn't really like the press and the paparazzi. And this college kid uh, is lucky enough to meet uh, J- JJ, and he takes him under his wing, and at first you you kind of you're introduced to this JJ character as kind of a party animal like drinking and smoking and and seems to be kind of into trouble and and uh, and again he's he does sort of outlandish things because he's not a fan of of the paparazzi in ways to just upset the paparazzi and he's this multimillionaire guy that is a kind of a recluse in the league and there are some there are some other teams that are kind of conspiring against him to put negative like media out there so there's definitely a um, it's a I would say a, a sort of realistic approach to how you know paparazzi and the media sort of affect sports and then you realize that this character JJ has like an alter ego which is which is really a kind-hearted charitable individual that goes to like cancer wards for uh, for kids for children cancer ward and that's where it kind of got me there was more than once where this comic actually choked me up 
because of this this character. I mean, we we do uh, idolize certain sports uh, figures, but to see him have this sort of life, and even where I thought it was just a, I mean, it is a very optimistic uh, view of the world of sports and and individuals that are in sports, but it definitely. Uh, gives a humanistic effect to this character in that he doesn't even let the media know that he's doing all this sort of charity work and that's just very cool and he's teaching this young college kid who's very impressionable you know how uh, hockey is just one aspect of life the sport is there but but he he really strives to be a good human being on this planet and uh, it really really got me and it was it's definitely an all ages read it's definitely definitely optimistic and it's uh it you know does you don't have to be a hockey fan to enjoy this it just has a very positive spirit in it, and I have not ever put something like an original graphic novel about hockey in, in comic book format on the list ever. I mean, I know this came out actually years ago, but I enjoyed it so much, and it was such a light week that I had to throw it into the countdown, so it's a solid number three pick. You can get his work on Amazon. Just uh, search uh, his uh, search Hockey Saint on Amazon, and you can get this uh, graphic novel and comic book, and it's... It's fantastic, and it's a page-turner, and it's an easy read, and it filled me with such hope and positivity. I loved it. So that's why it's my number three pick of the week. And uh, coming in at number two, so here we go, top two comics of the week. Here we go. Coming in at number two is from Marvel Comics, Star Wars, annual number two. And the first annual, I'm already thinking of it in my mind, it was this story of uh, this Bothan spy going after the Emperor and getting close to actually taking the Emperor out. And it was really, really good. Get that. But this annual was also super good and another surprise. This one was not a bunch of short stories as well. It was just a a super long, extra bonus-sized Star Wars comic. And this is uh, by writer Kelly Thompson, artist Emilio Lazo, which is just beautiful and definitely has this different feel they didn't try to go for digital reference of all of the star wars characters we loved so it has its own sort of cool and quirky kind of look to it it looks more like an image comic but this is another introduction to a character that i hope becomes canon i mean i know this is all canon or i hope that we see her again anyway and she is this uh just this behemoth of a of a woman with these giant arms and she's on this this desert planet, this single, of course, single, uh, uh, the planets with the, the single environmental, you know, con- construction. It's just sand everywhere. It's like Tatooine and, and Jakku. It's like that, that, <laughs> that single weathered planet that they do in Star Wars. But this, this woman, this super hulking woman here, has found the injured Princess Leia and is hiding her on this planet called Scory Lai. And she is... I love that the first sequence here is that she's on the fence of helping this uh, well-known rebel, uh, Princess Leia, because she was this engineer, and she was something to be, you know, respected on this planet. And since uh, the battles with the Empire and the rebels are taking place, because this is again uh, after uh, Episode Four, that it sort of ruins her life, and she's a bit bitter over the whole war. And I like that aspect of it, that she's just not clearly a rebel. She's not for the Empire and for their views on order and discipline and and fascism, etc. That she's, you know, torn by it because it ultimately affected her directly. And so she's hiding Princess Leia out, but she's torn. And I love that she's continually sort of talking to her robot here that uh, doesn't really answer back or does in robot language. But uh, she's just... Um, 
talking to herself and she's sort of bitter and what and you're really not sure what she's going to do which way she's going to go with this i mean it's uh it's she's out in the town uh getting medicine and stuff for princess leia she's been shot like in the abdomen and she's definitely not a doctor but she's just kind of doing some field triage on her and uh, Princess Leia wakes up and like doesn't know what's going on and doesn't remember her, you know, being taken or really what happened, and so she's fighting uh, this woman, and they definitely don't like each other, and that's the the core of it here is like two unlikely people that have met, and and what's the outcome going to be? I don't want to tell you how this ends. It's definitely wraps up rather well. Stormtroopers get involved. Uh, they they're on the run at one point. It's filled with action. It's filled with Star Wars goodness. And I tell you, I was just pleasantly happy with this bonus-sized $4.99 Star Wars Annual, issue number two. I mean, great writing. There's a sequence underwater that you don't really see in Star Wars, so that was something a little unique and different. Uh, well, I guess if you can, episode one, but we haven't seen it in a while. But the much better underwater sequence in this, if you will, than episode one. But yes, you get to see the Han and, Ch- and Chewie and, and, and C-3PO and... But it's just a, a, it's a great little action-adventure sort of side story with Princess Leia that's a little banged up. And uh, uh, this woman comes to help. And it, I'm looking for her name because it was kind of interesting. And I haven't seen it anywhere. But uh, it, uh, she's just like this female Hulk. She's got these giant, giant arms. But uh, yeah, she's... Um, uh, I hope we see her in future stuff. Her name is Pash. There you go. But they call her Bash because she hits people over the head with like hammers and stuff <laughs> but her name is pash so yeah there you go um marvel star wars uh we need more pash and uh i say that with all all peace and love but uh, we definitely need it but here we go coming in at number one the number one pick of the week was the art winner and cover art winner superman annual number one and this cover is uh, delicious it's just beautiful swamp thing fighting superman and uh, we don't know at this point. You're looking at this cover going like, why are they fighting each other? Well, this art is gorgeous. This comic I will probably never forget. This is a beautiful comic that I want to look at from time to time. It's a gorgeous piece of art. And you first have Clark Kent in Hamilton County, which is 300 miles north of Metropolis, where his crop is just dying. Like He looks like he's growing lettuce and they're just dying. His farm has just lost all water and all moisture, even though it's been raining. So something is definitely odd and off. And he and, and he's visited by the Swamp Thing. And the Swamp Thing is there to send a message to Kal-El that this particular Superman, which again, we're getting into New 52 and the Rebirth, etc., but... Ultimately, that his sort of DNA, that Kal-El, that Superman, Clark Kent's DNA, is uh, affecting the environment negatively to where he is due to the way that he draws the sun's energies and the sun's radioactive rays. So that's why Swamp Thing is there. And I just love even that conceptually, I thought was very well done. And that uh, the, the environmental police of Swamp Thing had to show up in Hamilton and let Clark know that it is it is him. He is the reason that the city of Hamilton has like been is like looks like this looks like a, a desert tundra, and it's raining a lot. So he is there to ultimately let Kal-El know this, and Clark uh, kind of takes it the wrong way, and they begin fighting. I don't want to tell you how he takes it the wrong way, but they definitely a fight ensues and when clark touches the swamp thing something very interesting happens something very different that was very much a surprise and it's strange that 
his Kryptonian DNA is having this sort of negative environmental effect, and it also sort of turns the Swamp Thing into this Kryptonian monster. And he's speaking in Kryptonese, and is but in a, a, an ancient dialect of Kryptonese, and where Superman doesn't even understand him, but. He has to quickly take Superman deep into the earth to sort of purge or cleanse his DNA, to sort of infuse with the earth, to become one with it, so that he doesn't continue to be this environmental threat. And the fight is beautiful, and Swamp Thing goes from very super large to very tiny and has the his his rope-like swamp tendrils that are that are super strong, that it's even keeping up with Superman. So it's definitely a, a fight to watch. It's action-packed. It's a page-turner. It uh, was just so simply beautiful. It does go back to moments with the family, too, which are gorgeous, which Jonathan is there and Lois is there, and those get your heart every single time because this, the, the family uh, that they've put together here is, like I said, it's just iconic, and it's heartwarming, and it's beautiful, and, and Jorge Jimenez's art is, is just A+, plus, top 10, top notch. There's so many pages in here, like two-page splashes that it's filled with. It's just so eye-appealing. It's gorgeous to the eye. He fills them with these like large, even single-page splashes that are just gorgeous. But midway into the comic, there is a two-page splash here with um, Swamp Thing rising up and creating multiple Swamp Things. And Superman there and the sun in the background sort of setting and there's this beautiful silhouette and the orange and red tones here are just beautiful and gorgeous and the green of Swamp Thing is just very deep and dark and lush and it's just gorgeous. I mean, hands down, art winner of the week. Hands down, easily the number one pick of the week. It's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. You have to go and buy this. That's Superman Annual number one thank you jorge jimenez and it's also of course the same writing team to keep that consistency going of peter tomasi and it's and patrick gleason and gleason is a gorgeous amazing beautiful artist also but uh jorge jimenez was just they just unleashed him here and it's absolutely stunning and beautiful and lovely so check it out there's even a even a semi psychedelic page it's only it's a little strange and odd when there's that purge, that that cleansing of, of Superman's DNA when he's deep in the earth. That's a little trippy, but so gorgeous and beautiful to look at. And uh, I tell you, it just this kind of comic right here just makes me proud, makes me happy to be collecting comics. It's like what it's all about, folks. So get it. It's a it's hands down an easy buy. Get it on get it on paper. Don't read it digitally. His art really does something extra special when you have that paper in your hands but so there you go those are my recommendations those are my top five for new comic book day november 30th please just take yourself walk into a local comic book shop that's near you and tell them chris from sunspots comics sent you and buy those five comics like immediately you will not be disappointed such good stuff and if you have any questions comments or maybe you found that i'm missing a particular comic that it's something that i super duper need to read uh, just email me directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I choose your email and I discuss it on a podcast, I'll actually send you a comic book prize as a thank you from me, like my friend Ruben. How you doing, Ruben? That he got recently. I actually gave him this um, Marvel chess piece of Wolverine. So I hope you enjoyed it there, Ruben. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for writing in. We appreciate it. So you can do it too. Just hit me up. Write me at chris at sunspotscomics.com. And please tune in next week for issue number 84 of the podcast where I've got 14 new comics so a little bit bigger but still kind of a small week I usually am in the neighborhood of 17 to 
27. And December 7th's looking good. It's got four new number ones coming out, so potentially 18 comics that I'll be reading and making those recommendations to you. So please come with us, join us. There's some awesome stuff coming out. Like next week, I'm looking forward to Batman 12, Cannibal number three, Clone Conspiracy is coming. I'm still enjoying that. Number three of five, Eclipse from Zach Kaplan. Number four will be out next week. So just a ton of stuff. Lady Killer, who Joelle Jones is the most beautiful artist. That's next week. Uh, number five is coming out of Lady Killer. So just a ton of super good stuff. So join us next week for issue number 84. We'd really appreciate it. And also just from the deep down inside of me innards, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to help the show a little bit, just do your part. All you got to do is just subscribe to the podcast, go into iTunes, give it a positive review and five stars. And I'll actually read it and personally thank you on a future podcast right here. So thank you very much. I hope you have a good rest of your day, good rest of your morning, good rest of your evening, rest of your day, rest of your week. Just uh, don't forget, be water, my friend. Be like water, my friends. Take care. Bye-bye. See you later. Until next time. You're beautiful, yes you're beautiful, baby. Oh, yes you're beautiful, yes you're beautiful. You're beautiful, baby. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. There's a million people underneath the sun. That can find a million more but never find the one There's a girl who did this and the social life Was a magazine, was a shy type But I'm a superman and thanks to Lois Lane Used to weigh my problems when I went insane And I never thought someone could love someone so much that They'd give up on everything Ooh, I will be there when you need me I will be there when you cry, baby I will be there when you need someone to tell you That you're beautiful, baby I will be there when you need someone to run away I will be there when you need someone to dance with I'm your lover till the sky's in gray Cause you're beautiful, baby Till it's beautiful, it's your beautiful you're beautiful, baby. Yes, you're beautiful. Oh, you're beautiful. Yes, you're beautiful, baby. I will be there when you need me. I will be there when you cry, baby. I will be there when you need someone to tell you. If you're looking for a place where Shed the same for the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow. Where look no further, friends, the adventure never ends. We will save the world somehow. It's Sunspots Comics now.